gentlemen, welcome, welcome into the Get Around Podcast. Here we are in episode number 15 and some breaking news, bad news right off the start. We are without our uh, silent guardian, watchful protector, dark knight known as James Cook. Uh, he is our, our senior sports writer here at the Record Eagle, is out today. He's got the sniffles and was not able to come in and uh, and, and host. We didn't want to get sick from him, and we didn't really... What Brendan really didn't want was to have to edit all those sniffles out of the podcast. But we will soldier on without Mr. Cook and bring to you another fine and fantastic episode of the Get Around Podcast, number 15 if you are counting at home. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, and joining me this week in the studio, in the flesh, the flanneled one, Mr. Brett Summers. We do have a great show, and that includes our predictions for the Girls Basketball Player of the Year. We're going to go uh, run down uh, several candidates. We'll also have our Get Around Hall of Fame, the 19th inductee as our Athlete of the Week. And then we'll wrap things up with the trifecta, and this week's category is our favorite holiday movies. But before we get into any of that, let's get around the sports world and check in with The Pulse. So this week we uh, are going to be discussing our predictions for the Girls Basketball Player of the Year. Last week we did the the boys' predictions uh, and had uh, three different candidates for that one. Unlike the boys' team, the reigning player of the year for the girls is back for her senior season, and that is uh, Kalkaska's Mackenzie Wilkinson. Wilkinson won the award uh, last year over runner-up Elise Stuck and Juliana Phillips from Traverse City St. Francis. Uh, she averaged 15.6 uh, points per game, 8.3 rebounds, 4.6 steals, and 2.3 blocks. She was 5'9", which is a good size for a, uh, a girls basketball player, but she even played bigger than that. I, like I said, I remember watching her going up against Kylie Christensen of Cadillac and really just both of them throwing their weight against each other uh, on that game, uh, or during that game, I should say, and she's just she's your definition of a competitor. She's fierce out there all the time. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, you know, for me personally, I actually didn't get to see Mackenzie play last year. I, I saw her play as a sophomore uh, two years ago, but just the way the scheduling worked out, I didn't have any Kalkaska girls basketball games. But I'm excited to uh, see her in action again. And, I mean, from calls early this season from Coach Dave Dalton, uh, she appears to be filling it up pretty easily. I think the other night she had 26 points in the first half, so right. uh, I, I don't think anything is going to change as far as uh, the viability of her candidacy for this year's Player of the Year award. What I like about her is that she is pedal to the metal from the tip-off. I mean, like I know you said, you haven't, you didn't see her play as a junior, but uh, during that uh, regional championship game against Cadillac, she just made some unbelievable plays. I mean, just all-out effort. All of the time. I mean, there wasn't a moment where she wasn't out of breath. I mean, well, I mean, she wasn't really out of breath, but you could see the, you know, the effort, the sweat, the the redness on her face, just doing everything that she possibly could to to lift her team to a victory. Unfortunately, they lost fifty nine to fifty eight, and what I consider to be one of the the best girls basketball games that I have ever covered. But she is evidenced by the fact that you wrote a sixty inch game story. I, you know what? I think the problem with that is it's. You know, like when someone catches a fish and it first starts off like, it's, oh, it's this big, and then suddenly it's that big and that big. Uh, I, I believe that it was 35 to 40 inches, possibly in the 50 to 55-inch range, which if for our listeners out there who don't understand, I one inch uh, that converts to how many? About 27 words. About 27 words. So take It's how us journalists count the length of a story. Yes. So yeah, when you when you see in the in the newspaper, we're talking about column inches, which means, uh, which basically breaks down the uh, the amount of space that we have. And apparently, I wrote a, I think my my lead or my like my intro lead was five or six paragraphs, something like that, where I really broke down uh, the uh, the end of the game. But yeah, it was it was a lengthy story. But again, I thought it was one of the better. Uh, games that I've seen uh, out of uh, prep girls basketball. If it was 60 inches, that was 1,620 words, which probably eclipses the length of most high school papers. I don't know. Well, the... <laughs> 
I, I nearly wrote 100 inches on the, the boys' basketball preview story a couple weeks ago. That was, I had to... But you have so much more to cover in, in when you're talking about all the teams in the area. Yes, that is true. But I was able to cut that down, I think, like 75 to 77 inches. But looking at Mackenzie, does she have the ability to repeat as uh, our player of the year? Is uh, she's got There's some stiff competition this year. I don't really think there is one standout favorite. Yeah, two words, no doubt. That simple? That simple. You're not going to give me... I mean, we don't have James here to anchor this conversation. I need a little bit more from you than no doubt. But that was emphatic, and it was... That was barely emphatic. Okay, no doubt, Brendan. All right. Now, so why do you say that, though? Why do you think she's a, a no-doubt candidate to repeat? Just because of the fact that you know she's a senior this year, and this is her last opportunity to wear a Blazers uniform. And, uh, I mean, it, it seems like more often than not, you, you get your best performances out of your senior players. And um, I think that's I think that's I expect that's what we're going to get out of Mackenzie Wilkinson this year. Yeah, and you spoke about uh, head coach Dave Dalton uh, a little while ago, but he was always one to tell me that he thought that Mackenzie Wilkinson was the LeBron James of uh, Michigan high school girls basketball. Dave's not one for hyperbole whatsoever. Not at all. Not even not a, uh, even a little bit. But the following player, and I'm not saying that uh, Mackenzie isn't uh, a candidate for the LeBron James Michigan <laughs> High School Bas- Basketball Player of the Year award that Mr. Dalton is giving out, but our, our next uh, player with the possibility of uh, getting that uh, coveted Player of the Year honor is Elise Stuck from Charlevoix. She actually was our female athlete of the year here at the Record Eagle as a freshman and had a, a great Incredible freshman. achievement, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to wonder if she's going to be a four-time reigning uh, female athlete of the year uh, in her four years at Charlevoix. But she was... uh, She was great last year as a freshman. Totally turned around that Charlevoix team. I think they were... That was it, 3-17? and And then... It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It was... uh, yeah, I think they were three and seventeen the year that they had her, and then they went eighteen and seven last year with her. So a huge turnaround uh, for that program. She averaged nearly she averaged a double double, almost averaged twenty and eleven. She had nineteen point three points per game, eleven rebounds, five assists, four blocks, and four steals. So that is a lot of numbers, but she's a she's your do it all player, uh, especially with the the size that she has, but also her versatility. Her she's. I mean, she's such a gifted athlete. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's being recruited by uh, major college programs already. Was uh, last year, from what I understand, there's been Big Ten interest already at this point. And uh, you know, like we just talked about with Wilkinson, you'd only expect her to get better over time. Uh, in the object of transparency, uh, when it comes down to us choosing our players of the year for each sport we generally have uh, a little bit of a vote and uh, I was outvoted last year stuck was my choice for our basketball player of the year but I did not end up on the winning side of democracy in that one Um, but I I think uh, you know could happen this year I I mean obviously Wilkinson right there stuck right there I, I guess I'm most curious to see you know if a third or fourth candidate uh, can rise up and and challenge these two because I do feel these two players are your preeminent favorites by um, a mile. I, I I think I said earlier in in the in a podcast earlier that I see her averaging, you know, twenty five and twelve, twenty five points a game, twelve rebounds, and she already had a triple double. She already year. had a triple double. She had a game where she scored thirty one out of her team's thirty five points, and that was in a loss to Manton. Uh, she's if Mackenzie Wilkinson is the LeBron James of Northern Michigan girls basketball, Lee Stuck is the Russell Westbrook. Oh, I was gonna go Kevin Durant. That, that she I mean, is more of a guard. She is, yeah. She despite is despite the size that she, despite the size she has. Yeah, no, I guess you're. Yeah, I guess you're right because she does have. Uh, you know, she's very, like I said, very athletic and has a a high basketball IQ, and a lot of that comes from growing up around a basketball family and then uh, you know playing against her brothers in basketball as well and understanding the the physical nature of the game and getting that because of you know playing with her brothers and and with her father as well 
Yeah, you know, something for me that that I'm really going to be keeping an eye on from at least this year is just you know, how well she gets her teammates involved because she can clearly uh, take over a game uh, by herself, even if she is the focus of the defense. Uh, that much is clear. But I think uh, if Charlevoix is looking to really improve upon the season that they had last year and, you know, maybe thinking about making a run, a deep run in the postseason, she's going to need to find ways to involve the rest of her teammates in the offense. And, you know, from what I saw her play last year, even more so than her scoring or her ball handling, which is tremendous, her passing is incredible. I mean, I I saw multiple times in that game where she made passes that I know there's no one else in this area that could make that pass, and she did it multiple times. Um, Just kind of like eyes in the back of your head sort of passes, uh, you know, finding a a cutter on the backside that nobody else sees and and being able to, you know, kind of thread the needle. but Charlevoix already has a loss this year. I think uh, they scored 35 points, and Elise had 31 of those, and uh, albeit a great individual performance, um, I think that game uh, against a good Manton team, that, that's evidence that uh, the other players uh, for Charlevoix are certainly going to have to contribute as well in order for that team to uh, really capitalize on the talent uh, that Elise has. She had a triple-double to open the season. She has a 30-point game. What can we expect from her throughout this season? Is that our teams going to maybe adjust to her eventually, or is she one that teams really can't adjust for and there's really no other way to game plan other than what Manton did, which is let her score but stop everybody else from scoring? Yeah, that was a really interesting defensive strategy uh, to me. Manton's head coach was sort of describing that, you know, that he basically had all five defenders on the floor watching Elise and kind of letting Charlevoix's other four players do whatever they wanted, um, and yet they were only able to muster four points. Uh, I'm not sure if that just, you know, if that translates to a terrible shooting night for everybody for Charlevoix other than Elise Stuck, but that, you know, that's not what John kind of made it out to sound like. If you're going to let Elise score and still leave all her other options open that sort of sounds like a recipe for disaster but you know what it worked (laughs) and i maybe it'll work early in the season but as the season progresses i don't see that happening because i see the rest of that charlevoix roster getting much better uh i said natalie nesberg was very impressive when i saw her play against sheboygan she played very confident out there uh rachel nesberg is a great defender she's fast she can also shoot from outside they do have they have abby cunningham uh, who is very good, Olivia uh, Jekyll, who is also very good. They have a solid roster. I think it might just take some time for them to catch up to Elise. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I, yeah, I don't want uh, people listening to, to think that uh, the Charlevoix team is, is just Elise because that's not the case. There are some um, other talented players, maybe not you know Big Ten college basketball caliber players, but good high school basketball players uh, on that team for the Raiders. And um, you know, as a, getting back to what I was saying before, if if Elise commits to uh, you know keeping them involved, which I th- I think ultimately she will, um, then the Charlevoix team as well as Elise individually both have uh, an opportunity to do some really special things this season. Moving on from Stuck, who was averaging nearly 20 points a game last year, to uh, a player from Traverse City Central who just missed averaging uh, 20 points a game, had 19.9 points per game last year, and that is Traverse City Central's Margot Woofter. Now there's a little bit of controversy surrounding the start to the uh, season for the Trojans uh, after Woofter has been suspended for the first six games of the season, and they are now 0-3, Brett, is that right? Yeah, they're 0-3. violation of team rules from our understanding uh for woofter so it's going to be interesting to see how she performs when she comes back um i'm not sure the rules on as far as her participating in practice to this point practice and scrimmages she was good for okay so you know she's not going to be ice cold or or rusty uh once she comes back for for game seven um but it it still will be a little bit different in practice because uh i I mean i would assume that greg farmer probably has not been you know as far as scrimmaging within practice she you know she probably hasn't been working with the starting five because that's not how they're preparing to play at this point in time so you know there'll be a little bit adjustment from her teammates uh, as well as for her kind of relearning how to play with uh, these girls when she comes back but 
Um, I mean, she's primary ball handler, primary scorer. Offense completely flows through Woofter. Um, she's a good three-point shooter, uh, nasty crossover uh, off the dribble, and uh, she can get to the basket. So uh, she's a she's a pretty complete high school basketball player. Um, again, it'll be interesting to see what heights she can lift the Trojans to uh, because, as you mentioned, uh, they're 0-3 right now, and uh, those three games have not been pretty for the Trojans. No, and you got to feel uh, a little bit bad for for Margot, although this, uh, this suspension is of her own doing, obviously, and uh, violate team rules in the way that she did. You're going to have to pay the price. But you look at her her seasons, and she hasn't had a smooth one yet uh, pretty much for the uh, for the Trojans she's torn both ACLs uh, coming back from those injuries never an easy thing to do she's clearly she's uh, braver than Derrick Rose I guess we could say that I mean that guy every anytime he gets stubs his toe he's like I'm gonna sit out for 40 games uh, Margo on the other hand is like all right I've torn all of the ligaments in my legs and feet and just throw me out there, I'll, I'll do whatever I can. She plays angry, that's what I like about it, but it's a controlled anger, and you can just see the intensity on her face, and I can't imagine that is going to go away when she comes back uh, yeah, this season. In fact, I think it's only going to increase it. I feel that she's going she's gonna to have so much to prove to everybody uh, that I, I expect her to really come out and, and overcome that mental hurdle of, of people maybe looking at her and going, well, yeah, she was suspended for six games. What is she going to do now? What are we going to expect from her? Uh, I think she's going to be great. Um, last year she set 13 school records, I think. Uh, she is just a really she's a really great player, and it's, it's unfortunate that, uh, that she hurt her senior season the way that she did. Yeah, and going to uh, you know the injuries that she's suffered, um, you know, I'm not sure the total game count uh, of what she's missed. She's been a, a four-year varsity player, and, and deservedly so um, based on her talent. Uh, but, I mean, she's probably only played two seasons' worth of games to this point, and you can bet that when she comes back from the suspension, uh, 14 games remaining on the regular season schedule plus uh, the playoffs, you know, she can, she can put... 15 16 17 games in a row together where you know she stays healthy she stays on the floor uh and is able to help central win some basketball games uh, i think she can still make her senior season uh a successful one but is she a legitimate candidate for player of the year you're missing well, six it games depends. can i mean what does she have to do to to overcome that hurdle um, i think you can look at a couple of different levels if central manages a way to get into the Big North Conference race, which I think they could be. Uh, you know, that might not put her over the top if numbers and, and other metrics are close. Uh, but, you know, that that could certainly uh, give her an opportunity. Um, you know, if she comes out, she averaged 20 a game last year. If she comes out and she averages 25, 26, 27 points a game for 17 games, um, there's a chance that you know, missing those six could be immaterial, depending on how that those individual numbers translate to team success. Um, you know, I'm not generally one to uh, push for a player of the year candidate that has you know outstanding numbers, but you know didn't win any games. Uh, so you know, if if those numbers are stacking up for her, but Central just continues to struggle, uh, anything like they have to this point, then no, probably not. But um, you know, she she definitely has uh, talent to match uh, the you know a couple of players that we've already talked about, as well as the ones to come. And uh, you know, again, like I said, if she can stay healthy, uh, which is a fair question at this point, um, you know, she has she still has a chance to uh, contend for this award. Yeah, her return is certainly going to be one of the more intriguing storylines for this uh, 2017-18 girls basketball season. No doubt about that. Alex Hunter, another senior out of Gaylord St. Mary. Uh, she's up next on our list. Finished last year averaging 16 points, three rebounds, five assists, four and a half steals per game. She uh, she helped the Snowbirds to a 16-0 record in the Ski Valley and a district championship. She's a big-time hustle player, uh, confident, selfless, and um, you know she's kind of one of those glue players that you talk about, although her talent probably exceeds that definition. 
uh, 5-4 combo guard plays the point and, and the off guard and uh, you know just a, a very talented weapon for the Snowbirds. And again, as you mentioned, uh, another senior who has something to prove uh, as, uh, you know, in her final year in a Snowbirds uniform. Uh, you know, every athlete, Brett, you know this as a high school athlete, I know this as a high school athlete, that you want to make that last year count, no matter what sport it is that you're playing. You want to make that last season count as much as you possibly can. And Alex Hunter has the type of uh, philosophy approach to the game uh, which makes her so successful in that she is always playing in that moment. You can see her on the court, uh, the amount of fun that she has, uh, the the style in which she plays. It's, it's kind of uh, free-flowing, but uh, I, I wouldn't. she's not guarded when she's out there. And I don't mean like guarded by de- defenders. No one ever guards her, she, ever. Well, that's, yeah, that's, you know, uh, what I'm saying is that she doesn't, uh, she doesn't hold back. When she's out there, she's playing, you know, full strength, and that's both physically and emotionally, and and she's doing the best that she can to make all the players around her better, and that's when you spoke of selflessness. You can see that in a player. You really can see it in a player. You, You notice that when someone is out there not just looking to get hers, she's looking to get everybody else involved in the game as well and make sure that her team is successful because her success will come through her team's success. Yeah, and I think she's one of those she's one of those players who when her career is done based on how how you just described her play, uh, I mean she's not going to have any regrets about how she played the game. Um, if there was any more she could have done, she will have done exactly what she was ever asked to do. And um, I mean they've already the, the Snowbirds have already had great success uh, with her as a, a key part of the team, uh, and you know I I think they'll they'll have more success this year. She's uh, clearly the the face of that team uh, right now and uh, you know she's able to improve on you know some of those aspects of her game uh, from a year ago uh, another special season in store like uh, most of these girls on our list does the the class in which a player uh, is in does that affect how we kind of go about our choosing of of a player of the year you have margo woofter who's class a obviously and then you have a a player like alex hunter who's in class d i don't i don't think so um especially because you know basketball is one of those sports where you've got so many games on your schedule you know you can go outside of conference if you don't happen to play in a particularly great one uh, which i'm not suggesting for gaylord st mary i'm just saying in general and um you know, you can you can play bigger schools than you. You can play uh, great competition and sort of get a good gauge of where a team or uh, individual players are at. And on top of that, uh, I feel like you know we we see so many of these athletes play during the course of a season. We get a pretty good feel of uh, who stacks up well with who, even if we don't happen to see them. Um, match up, uh, you know, one on one or team versus team on the floor. You know, we we may not see Margot Woofter and Alex Hunter match up against each other, guard each other in a game, but we see them enough that we can sort of see where their skills translate and uh, you know which advantages one might have over the other. So, I mean, it's certainly it certainly is not just a, a numbers game uh, at all. Because as you just said, it's not all about numbers. It's not just about your stat line. It's not just about wins and losses, but it's about the intangibles. And that's what I think makes Alex Hunter such a great candidate because she has those intangibles that you want to see out of a player, especially a senior leader in her final campaign. Next up, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, Kingsley sophomore Brittany Bowman, who was a stud as a freshman as well. What makes someone a candidate for player of the year, and we just talked about this, is not just stats, but what you bring to the floor and Brittany Bowman brings just a kind of a uh, a natural presence out there if you watched her in volleyball if you've watched her in basketball you'll notice that she is out there and plays like she belongs like doesn't question the fact that you know last year she was a freshman and she was playing varsity doesn't question the fact that she's a sophomore and she's playing varsity she's just there and doing it and and playing her game the way that she knows how to play it. The really interesting thing to me about Bowman's candidacy at this point is somewhat similarly uh, to kind of how we talked about the Buckley boys last week, is this Kingsley team is loaded with 
athletes and, and girls who can score the ball. Uh, I mean, Probably a couple of player of the year contenders, honestly. Yeah, and, and really, uh, I mean, you could look at it as maybe they water all of each other's numbers down a little bit, which is unfortunate, although that should mean a lot of team success come the end of the year, which I'm sure all of these girls would probably trade. Uh, but player of the, I don't know, record eagle player of the year or a state championship, like... I don't know. Those are pretty equal. I mean, I, I'm not going to go as far yet as to say that, you know, Kingsley's going to be pushing for a state title the way the Buckley boys are. That's where my comparison may be a little different. But they are very talented. Uh, we'll see how, the, how they develop chemistry. But, I mean, you've got Bowman. You've got Lindsey Bouillajean, uh, who... Senior? I, yes, a senior who has been out at times with injuries she can stay healthy that's huge for kingsley you've got jalen brumfield you've got jc king jc king King, who in that game against uh against traverse city west to open the season was just on fire she was i was so impressed i was i was watching you know a lot of the other players and it was just number 30 one time after the other out there out there for the stags Really, really impressive. She can certainly put her name in the hat for Player of the Year as well. And uh, I mean, even uh, Rebecca Crosby is a very talented player as well in, in her sisters. own right. So yeah, this is a this is a team where uh, you know if you're Coach Matt Shellick, I think you can sort of just at times play the hot hand. You're not necessarily always going to be locked into your rotations, or at least you don't have to be. Uh, you know, if somebody isn't playing well, you probably have one, two, or three players that are sitting on the bench that you can bring in and expect to elevate your play a little bit. So, uh, I mean, that's that's a great thing for Kingsley. Uh, certainly Bowman, yes, is a candidate for player of the year. Uh, but I, this is a, a case where I'm definitely going to be keeping a close eye on the team as a whole, more so than, than just one player, unless, of course, for some reason, you know, one of those girls just does – start to average ridiculous numbers where you're like okay now we we we've taken notice we're going to watch you know this one person a little more closely but yeah that might hurt someone's candidacy for player of the year just because you're not going to be putting up those ridiculous numbers you're not going to be getting you're not going to have a player that's averaging 25 and 10 or or 20 and 10 or or anything like that you're going to have players like Brittany Bowman who is averaging you know 12 and 5 or someone averaging 15 and 7 around there um, but you do have to take into account uh, again what that all meant as uh, as a single cohesive unit and Kingsley certainly does uh, look to be one of those teams that uh, is going to make a lot of noise this year that brings up Kendall Brown a junior elk from Elk Rapids she averaged 14.6 points 9.4 rebounds last season um already a year ago she kind of has, was and is the the face of that team uh and, and she should make a big improvement this year for her junior season I, I would expect to really see her kind of find her own she she knows the conference she knows the competition level and uh time to put up yeah i would uh i would kind of compare her to garrett miller from leland where it's the garrett miller show over in Leland. He's the one that has to do it. He's the one that's got to get the points. He's the one that has to lead that team. That all falls on Kendall Brown's shoulders as well. She's got to be the one to do it uh, night in and night out. She'll need to be the one that makes the Elks who they are. This is her junior year. She's coming off a very strong sophomore year, and you're hoping that her presence will be able to build the the program. Uh, I expect big things from Kendall Brown this year. I expect a, I'd say she's a lock for a double-double at the very least because she went, she had 15 and nine and a half last year. I uh, certainly expect her to be averaging close to a dozen rebounds a game. Yeah, she, um, she's been a varsity player since she was a freshman, and when she made the varsity team uh, two years ago. Bridget Hintz was kind of the big-time player for Elk Rapids, and she's since gone on to play college basketball in, in Colorado. But uh, so, you know, last year without Hintz, it kind of uh, suddenly maybe put more pressure on Brown. Um, and I mean, I think she uh, handled it pretty well. But now, as I mentioned before, her having experienced that and, and her being – you know the team's top option, which she wasn't as a freshman uh, because of hints. Um, you know she she now should know what to expect. She should uh, 
have known going into this offseason what she really needed to work on, what she needed to improve in order to better lead this team. And, uh, and I'm excited to see what kind of adjustments, what improvements uh, she's made. Our first candidate from Traverse City St. Francis, uh, Sarah Chenard, a senior. Uh, you're a three-point specialist basically for the Gladiators. Uh, last year she had 12 points, uh, four rebounds, and two steals a game. She's pretty much going to be the number one option, I would imagine, for uh, St. Francis with the loss of Phillips, who was our 2015 player of the year. Is that right? Phillips was what I think year? so, and she was our volleyball player of the year last year, Phillips right. was. So. Yeah. yeah, I think the Gladiators um, you know, are kind of going to be looking to find themselves um, for a little bit here early in the season because obviously you had an elite talent like Phillips uh, depart, but on top of that, you lost uh, a great uh, Hall of Fame coach in Keith Haskey, uh, who retired. Um, and you know, not only was he an incredible X's and O's basketball coach, but uh, you know, a, an incredibly inspirational leader as well. And stepping into his place is Tyler Shell. Uh, so in in his first year leading this team, so you know, with that, I would think you're going to see a little bit of a shift in philosophy obviously no two coaches are ever the same uh, so I mean even if they're even if they were trying to run and gun the way Haskey's teams did uh, you're going to have some differences uh, to fight through there early in the season um, and you know you talked about Chenard being a three-point specialist this might really be the first time where she's called upon to be a lot more than that um, I think you know her her Running mate on the perimeter, Lauren Bramer, probably still going to be your primary ball handler. But uh, Chenard, who's who is a great knockdown shooter and and has been, um, you might see her put in situations you haven't uh, seen before, um, as far as handling the ball and and being more of a focal point in the offense in terms of trying to create more shots rather than her kind of being a spot-up option on the outside. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how the senior uh, sort of finds her new role in this team because it certainly will be a new role or it probably needs to be a little bit, at least if St. Francis wants to have the same kind of success that they've had for a number of years running. And I think there's motivation to uh, define this team as one without Phillips. I think that there's motivation for these players to say, yeah, Juliana was a fantastic, great player, but we're good too. You have a strong core uh, of, of players there with a strong core of values that knows how to play this game and has learned under Haskey and can take all of those things that they learned, both, as you said, X's and O's, and then just philosophically in terms of the game, uh, can bring those and really make them a successful program. Savannah Poplinski, she's finally a senior. That girl feels like she's been playing forever. Well, I've only been here for a year, so I've only, I only got to see her junior year. Yeah, she's uh, she's been on the varsity since she was a freshman, uh, which was my first winter here. Um, so there's not been a girls' basketball season with for me without Poplinski on the floor for the Lakers, uh, and she will look to lead Glen Lake back to the state semifinals, uh, which they accomplished last year, uh, knocking off the perennial power St. Ignace en route to that appearance. Um, but she she averaged uh, a little misleading kind of. Definitely, um, definitely. De- definitely misleading. She averaged 10.1 points per game last year, four rebounds, four steals, three assists. But if you saw any of Glen Lake's postseason run, she was option 1A for that offense, and she had a number of games where she really filled it up. She's got a little bit of an unorthodox uh, shooting motion, but for the most it's part, smooth. it seems to work. That's the, it's smooth. I, I don't. I don't even know if it's unorthodox, but it's it's smooth. Like every time, she it works for her. She's a tremendous slasher. Gets to the basket. I don't know how many times I've seen her hit that little floater around the lane. It doesn't feel like a lot of uh, girls basketball players really develop that move, um, but she's done a great job with it, and it's very effective. And uh, you know, one of the things that I, I really want to credit her for is yes her, her shot works and, and we talked about these stats misleading but she's one of those players that I feel like you know she can get her shot anytime that she wants to but she doesn't abuse that power uh, she gets that shot if she needs to but she's always trying to keep 
everybody else on the floor involved with the offense. And uh, while I certainly think uh, she's a player of the year candidate, um, you know her her teammate Caitlin Schaub. I could yep, see absolutely having a, a huge season um, this year too. Uh, I, I think in these early couple of games, Schaub's put up. Um, at least scoring-wise, much better numbers than Savannah. Uh, but uh, two very talented players just playing very different games from one another. Uh, and, and I guess it just kind of all depends on what the Lakers need to get done, what they hope to accomplish as a team this season. Well, what you like about Polinsky is that she can get like almost like NBA Jam 94 on fire. Uh, at some points, uh, at least she was uh, last year in the in the regionals, uh, bo- both uh, the uh, regional semi and then the final when they when they won that. She, I mean, almost you couldn't stop her wherever she was, wherever she was posting up on, on the floor. When it when she let it go, it was it was going in a lot more often than it wasn't. And I, I really think that strong finish to last season will help her this season. You did bring up Caitlin Schaub, and she has been great. I, I, I've uh, pleasantly surprised, I, I think, with her. I watched her last year again in, in the regionals, and, and she played well. But the numbers that she's put up so far, I haven't seen her play, but the numbers that we've, we've gotten reported in, uh, she's, uh, she must be feeling uh, comfortable out there on the floor and, and kind of ready to roll for that Lakers team and stepping up in the absence of uh, Sarah Carney, who played really big for the Lakers last season as well. Final candidate here for uh, our Player of the Year, or at least prediction-wise, like pre-season I said. Pre-season Player pre-season of the Year. Pre-season Player of the Year predictions. Of course, we are more than likely leaving out a couple of strong candidates out there. Uh, but our final one is a, a player who's come on really really strong so far in the early part of this season and that is Mariah Pringle a junior from Brethren the uh, they're 3 and 1 uh, they started off uh, this season she has had these games right here she scored 30 points in one she had a 24 point 17 rebound game and then just last week a 25 point and 15 rebound game and averaging five or six blocks a game on oh, top a bunch of that of blocks and yeah she is uh, a player that I don't think either one of us have ever seen play but we would like to I hadn't even heard of her until this year. No, I'd never heard of her either, but uh, big kudos to Brethren head coach Julie Riggs uh, for calling in this season. Um, you know, Brethren kind of on the fringe of our coverage area, but, uh, you know, a school that we've tried to get uh, stats from before, and it's just been a little bit of a challenge, um, but she's done a great job this season. And before I talk any more about Mariah, I'll just say to any and all coaches who may be listening or maybe you're a parent who wonders why your school sometimes doesn't get in, you know, call us. 231-933-1410. Phone lines are open until 10 o'clock, and we want to hear from everybody in our area. And that is literally the only reason why you would not get in. One, if if we're not getting phone calls from the coaches, and two is if that uh, phone call is after our 10 p.m. deadline. And there are nights where we might extend that a little bit, but not very often. We have a, you know, we've got a pretty, you know, uh, solid deadline that we have to work on. Um, but yeah, call in, let us know. And we uh, don't dislike anyone. No, contrary it, to some belief out there. Yeah, we are never, we never maliciously go. Oh, you know what? I, yeah, the, the coach called in, but. We're not going to put it in there. I'm sorry. We don't think that about anybody. We're always very happy to talk to all of the coaches. And so, yeah, honestly, if you are a reader and a listener and you wonder why, there's your reason right there. Yeah. Your coaches Talk to your coach. Say, hey, you know, we'd really appreciate it if you, if you called in the stuff and uh, we'll get it in there. Yeah, we like our jobs. We like doing our jobs. That's right. Job security. And speaking of job security... Right back to Mariah Pringle, she probably has a pretty secure job in that starting lineup. Yeah, I would say. Um, you know, th- those numbers that you mentioned, um, I mean, those are absurd. That's like peak season numbers. Yeah. Uh, ready to go, conf- you know, conference on lockdown already, uh, the type of numbers. But um, she, uh, you know, it's hard for me to say a lot not having, her, not having seen her play. Mm-hmm. I'll just say I'm really looking forward to it. We, yes, what we know about Mariah is that she can put up points and she can bring in boards. And that she and is, swat stuff into the crowd. And is certainly worthy of at least mention, if not serious consideration, when the end of the season comes around. 
Yeah, plenty of uh, really good candidates for our Player of the Year. We've got a couple of great candidates for our Player of the Week as we move into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Both of which we've mentioned. Both of which we have mentioned. So why don't we actually just, uh, we ended with Miss Pringle. Why don't we begin with Miss Pringle? Yeah, again, just to rehash the numbers, two games in the last week, 24.5 points, 16 rebounds, 5.5 blocks a game. Um, I mean, you look at those numbers, and I mean, they're far and away the best numbers uh, or among the very best numbers that we've seen come into this point. Uh, so, again, not having seen her play is unfortunate for us, but they certainly still deserve some recognition. So she is my uh, candidate for the Get Around Hall of Fame in week 15 As or episode 15. Inductee, I believe, number 19. This is going to be inductee number 19 for us. Uh, I am going to go with the uh, aforementioned Garrett Miller of Leland. He's also my pick for the Boys Basketball Player of the Year, so he's already off to a good start. Uh, the Comets went 2-0 last week. Uh, he had 26 points and 10 rebounds in a 49-35 to win over Northport, and then he also had 30 points in a 64-56 to win over Lake Leelanau-St. Mary. Now that puts them at 2-0 on the season. That Leland team was only 5-16 and last year, and they lost their last six in a row to end the season. So maybe you're going to see a little bit more out of the Comets this year, uh, especially with Garrett kind of leading the way. Honestly, uh, you look at these two candidates – similar numbers uh that they've they they've put up and it's uh I, I don't know it's it's a tough one because you're gonna vote for pringle i'm gonna vote for miller and so i don't know if we have a way to tie i mean i guess we could flip a coin is there a possibility do we have a coin around that we could flip for who goes in and who goes out or do we just uh, uh do we cop out and elect both of them into the get around hall of fame well actually before we get into that since james isn't here okay can I just throw out a third? So this is not, in a strict sense, a third nominee. It's All right. more It's more of a shout-out. All right. Uh, to something. A get-around shout-out. Yeah, uh, that, that I just wanted to mention. And uh, <clears throat> that would go to, uh, well, first, led by James Kendrick. Um, he led Mancelona with 14 points and 14 rebounds in a 50-43 to 43 victory over East Jordan last week, which uh, snapped a 43-game losing streak uh, dating back to a district championship team uh, for the Ironmen in 2015. Uh, so, so do it, we send the entire Mancelona team into the Get Around Hall of Fame? We could. I mean, you know, that's just, you don't, you don't wish losing that many games on anybody, and they had a couple of close calls last year. Uh, you know, they had back-to-back 0 and 21s. Um, so for them to start off the season 1 and 0, and and finally able to put that behind them, as I mentioned, double double by Kendrick. Uh, you know, teammates Preston Squires, Isaac Cousineau each scored in double figures, and uh, Matt Boyer also had a pretty solid game for the Ironmen uh, last. Tuesday night, um, but uh, just great for them, and wanted to to mention that, and you know, hopefully they are able to uh, continue this season and, and do some nice things. All right, well, let's let's put it out to a vote then. Uh, Brett, why don't you give me your vote for our athlete of the week? Who will you be choosing to be inducted, along with the other eighteen names in there already? as I draw it out a little bit for you while you continue to think and have that ponderous look upon your face. Can I see how long you can take this? Well, you just broke it right there, so you gave me a little bit of a break, and now I can discuss how that break has actually helped me now vamp a little bit more as I extend some time, which is a thing that sometimes broadcasters have to do on the air when the show has gone a little bit quicker than it should have, unlike this show, which is not going quickly at all. In fact, it's going pretty long. And this monologue that I am on right now uh, about how the length of things that has also been pretty long and i would imagine at this point i think it's possible right now some of our listeners are maybe thinking wow this is a joke that should have stopped a long long time ago mariah pringle yeah i'm gonna go with mariah pringle as well <laughs> uh, i think that uh, just looking at the numbers uh, i think it, it has to go to her uh congratulations to brethren's mariah pringle 
our 19th inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Well, Mariah, hopefully you celebrate this wonderful award by possibly watching a couple of movies over the holiday, which leads perfectly into the trifecta, our trifecta this week, which is... Yes. Do all your nonsensical transitions always lead perfectly into the next segment? I am a writer, and the one thing that I taught my students when I taught journalism is it's about transitions. You need good transitions to move from one point to the next. But which teacher and taught it, you that that was a good transition? Oh, I taught myself. I'm self-taught. Oh, okay. I, I never even went to school. I didn't do no book learning or anything like that. But, uh, yes... Our trifecta this week, which is actually, since James is not here, a duofecta. Yes, which is a growth I had removed from my foot once. I had a nasty duofecta, and uh, and it was, uh, I had to lop that thing off. <laughs> and I was laid up for a while, and you know what I did when I was laid up after having my duofecta optomy? Which was, you probably developed another duofector from somewhere else that you were on all the time. There was that, and I watched a lot of holiday movies. Which moves again perfectly into our trifecta this week. And our trifecta is our favorite, well, again, our duo effect, since there are only two of us here, uh, is our favorite movie to watch during the holidays, um, the must-watch during the holidays. Well, call me a Grinch, I suppose. Uh-oh, I know where this is going, or I think I do. I've never really been a big fan of watching Christmas movies. Not that I don't like the movies, because I'll see one and I'll be like, all right, that's good. But I don't really specifically seek out watching Christmas themed movies around the holidays. Yeah, I don't know. So just, you're not into the uh, the stop motion frosty and uh, You know, I okay, well I did watch those when I was little and I still kind of enjoy them like when I was home on break uh, over Thanksgiving and they were playing those already. I watched like half of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, with my nephews who when I um, refused not to sing he was very upset because only the tv is allowed to sing you know it's how how old is your nephew 17 no (laughs) no he is uh five six okay yeah yeah see that's what i i like that about the holidays is yep being with my nephews they want to watch that stuff and i always think that's a lot of fun i mean dude elf is a must yeah okay that was oh that's your pick sorry i I wait up your freaking blow it brendan that's why we usually go over these lists before starting, and the first time in the history of the Get Around podcast that we don't go over it, and I'm usurped. I feel really bad, actually. You actually didn't let me finish the Rudolph story I didn't either. let you finish anything. No. I, I interrupt more than Angelina Jolie and Girl Interrupted, which is a movie that I don't watch during the holidays, <laughs> <laughs> or one that I've actually ever seen. Neither have I. Anyways, uh, but... That episode of Rudolph, it just happened to come on the TV. Like we, There was no plan to watch it or to have it on. And had it not come on, I'm not sure that I would have seen it um, this season. As, as I said, I only saw half of it anyway. Uh, but I, I do uh, enjoy... What the hell is that movie called? Elf? No, with Chris Kringle. <laughs> also stop motion. Santa Claus? Is it called Santa Claus? With Chris Kringle? Yeah, like the... Uh, with the angry man and the penguins and <laughs> why why you're a penguin well what is a penguin doing here you're looking for a stick a branch a log a pole the north pole no the south pole well little fella that's on the other end of the earth you're just about as lost as you can get but anyway yes elf, any hoodly doodle elf elf was going to be my pick i actually had some sort of runner up but in all this gibberish that's gone on in the last much longer than what's going to appear in this podcast i don't remember what it was any the longer. santa claus with tim allen no that's a good one i like that one and only the first one with the weenie whistle I can't, no, I I don't, I lost it. Anyway, Elf was my choice. It's going to remain my choice. I will not let you take this away from me. I'm sorry. Despite your constant interruptions. I I, I, I am. The first time in how many episodes, Brendan? What, that I interrupted somebody? No, that happens 80 times an episode. (laughs) Uh, No, but I love Elf. Um, That's probably 
That's probably one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies. Uh, very, very near the top of the list, if not my the best. Um, I think it's become close to one of the more sacred holiday movies around this time of the year. It seems that it's starting to get into that same realm as uh, A Christmas Story, which is a movie that I despise. I do not like that one even a little bit. Um, Kellen will be very happy to hear that. She'll be happy to yeah, hear that? She yeah, she hates that I, movie. It's awful. No, I've seen it once. I, it's like, yeah, I don't ever have to see that crap again. I'm like, why, TBS, why do you, why is there, what, 24 hours straight of a Christmas story? I don't understand it. It's not good. And now they're going to do a Christmas story live. I'm just going to start venting about that movie. It doesn't matter. Well, but Elf, as I as you were saying, Elf is uh, has become uh, yeah one of those go to movies f- during the holidays where it seems that there isn't a person out there that doesn't like that movie. I've literally never heard anyone say, "Oh God, I hate Elf. I didn't like that movie at all." Have you? No. I mean, I think I've maybe heard somebody you know say that it you know it's like it's all right. It's you know whatever. But not that it, they just despise it. And they were a dirty, rotten communist, probably. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, maybe this speaks to my lack of Christmas movie knowledge, but I just feel like that movie, part of why it's so popular is, I mean, obviously the comedic genius of Will Ferrell. Uh, but just that it really sort of illustrates that whole, you know, an adult wanting to be a kid around Christmas time. And, uh you know, I suppose other Christmas movies do that, but maybe not quite to the effect of an actual adult acting like a child. Um, and Will Ferrell is qu- quite good at, he is. Uh, at acting like a child. He does have that, you know, uh, it, it's like he had that uh, child wonderment in him uh, or in him all the time. He's yeah, he's just great in that movie. Zoe Deschanel plays a f- really fantastic role in that movie, in yeah. my opinion. Really good looking as a blonde, too. Sorry, I wasn't expecting you to go there. Anyway, oh, that she is uh, foxy. She's yeah. a foxy looking yeah as um, a blonde. And what's the what's his dad? The act. Oh, Jimmy Kahn and Jimmy Kahn. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, yeah Jimmy Kahn and Andy Richter. Jimmy Kahn and Peter Dinklage both play good roles in that movie. Anthony Anderson. Obviously, uh, if you haven't seen. Elf, since they started making Game of Thrones, perhaps go back and watch it again. Uh, you, you know, Tyrion Lannister yeah. makes an appearance. Now that you, uh, now that you actually know angry who Peter Dinklage is, um, but yeah, just so funny, start to finish, and uh, really, that one never gets old. No, yeah, it's it is an absolute classic, and, and uh, who doesn't want to throw snowballs like a hundred miles an hour? I mean, that guy can be on my team any day. Yeah, Soche Otani, is that how you say his name? He can probably throw a but snowball. Not, but not but with not, that precision. Not, not that the f- snowball isn't going 100 miles an hour, but the consistent stream of snowballs is going at 100 miles an hour. There, you know, gotcha. Elf has no reload time. Yes. yes. It's like, it's uh, it's like a Gatling a, gun. Yes, yes. The the movies, I like to watch a lot uh, a lot of movies during the, the holiday season. Um, Just the holiday season, Brendan? <laughs> 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 Overall, I like to watch. I, I enjoy watching movies, um, but uh, the the Harry Potter franchise is always one I like to uh, watch. Lord of the Rings, same thing. I like to watch. Uh, Die Hard is always a must for me. There was my honorable mention. Oh, one. yes, yeah. Die Hard is is clearly. Uh, I mean, I'll watch that movie anytime. It's a the Christmas year. movie, people. It is. There, are, as uh, as the meme said, there are two. Uh, Two types of people in this world: people who think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and people who are wrong, and that is correct. But yeah, Die Hard is is always fun, and uh, I appreciate my dad letting me watch that as as a child. And with all the swears and and violence and all of that, the only time that he made me look away was when there were boobs on the screen. Son, shield your eyes from the boobs. But here, let watch Bruce watch Willis. Watch the bullets fly. Watch Bruce Willis break this guy's neck and then hang him from a chain and while he's doing it, say off snappy one-liners. Yippee no, Kaye, mother. But no what? boobs, Brendan. No boobs. And I have taken that with me into my <laughs> into my 30s. No boobs. No boobs at all, Brendan. But yes, yeah, so I have Die Hard, certainly in there. But if uh, my favorite holiday movie and one that I watch... uh, Actually... (laughs) 
You couldn't keep it up. <laughs> I, I, I thought I had it, and then I lost it. Oh, man. Uh, again, not where I was expecting this conversation to go at all, and that turned out to be pretty funny. But the, the one movie that has, is now at the top of my list, and this wasn't the case until uh, a few years ago, because I had never actually seen the entire movie all, in, all at once in one sitting, and, and that is the iconic uh, It's a Wonderful Life starring Jimmy Stewart. Uh, the, the first time, I, I had always loved it. It's always been a classic, but it had been on in the background a lot when I was at parties. It was never anything that I, was, that I at the time, really understood uh, that movie as a child you don't get It's a Wonderful Life as a child you only kind of understand it a little bit more as you've gotten older and maybe you can identify a little bit with uh, with George Bailey and some of the feelings that he's that he's having um, and then it, it's just I mean it's gorgeous it's just a beautiful beautiful movie and the first time that I saw it uh, at once was at the the Music Box Theater uh, in Chicago and saw it on the big screen and it was I think it was December 23rd and they were showing it and I went there and I watched it and it was man I was in tears at the end I mean just sobbing at the end and I can even watch it now and uh, the the last scene where they're all gathered at the Bailey house and you know he's getting money and then uh, you know you've got Harry comes in and you know to my big brother George, the richest man in town. It's, it's beautiful. I just said that and I got goosebumps. And it, it's, it, I, I, I love it. And the the lesson behind it is, is perfect for the holidays. It's uh, no matter, uh, you know, what you might think of yourself, you're always important to a lot of other people out there. And I think that's, uh, that maybe sometimes gets lost. But uh, it's a wonderful life. Uh, really, really just a. Just a beautiful movie. I love it. What about Miracle on 34th Street? Miracle is a, is another solid movie. Uh, you can't go wrong with that one, but I, I would... Not I, to be I, confused with Miracle, the hockey movie. No, no, but, you know, especially the, the speech in Miracle. Wow. If James were here, he might have been confused. Yes. He really likes Even that Even like Lake Placid on 34th Street? <laughs> Mike Arruzzioni, was he in that? Did he play Santa Claus in Miracle on 34th Street? Uh, yeah, that's a really good one as well, and another one with a really cool ending where you know she gets her, her dream house uh, at the end of it. And, but, uh, yeah, I still prefer George Bailey, and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. It was and, the one classic and, movie and, I had and to and throw at you. Falls. It actually has the It's a Wonderful Life has, like, my... One of my favorite quotes is, you know, when, when George is tearing down the street after he's, you know, basically brought, not brought back to life, but his existence is, is reinstated, and he's running down and he's, you know, yelling, you know, Merry Christmas to everybody, and then he goes up and he pounds on the window of Mr. Potter's, and he's like, Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! And then my favorite line is Mr. Potter going, and Happy New Year to you in jail! I say that quote to myself several times throughout the like the year, not just during the holidays. Like for some reason, like that quote will just pop up into my head, and I'll go, "Happy New Year to you in jail." And I love it. It's just a lot of fun. I like that movie. You know when we just so much left off the list? Elf, Home Alone. Oh my God, Home Alone uh, <laughs> is a classic. See, this is why we need Harrison here. If Harrison Beebe from 7 and 4 was here, he'd be uh, cracking the whip and letting us if know If we would have left that one off the podcast, we'd have never heard the end of it. We probably wouldn't have any <laughs> listeners left. If you can think of any other... Keep the change, you filthy animal. Yeah, if you can think of any other ones that we've left off the list, which I'm which sure we have. hundreds, I'm sure. Yes, I, at this point, The Bishop's Wife, a classic. What about A Muppet Christmas? A Muppet Christmas? What about A Muppet Baby's Christmas? <laughs> Did they do that? Oh, I have no idea. I'm <laughs> I assuming. hope not. A Fraggle Rock Christmas? Uh, like I said, if you can think of uh, any others, uh, let us know. Tweet at us, at TCRE Sports, at 
Brendan Queeley at BA Sports Writer. And you know, you've got 280 characters now, so you can really let us have it. Yeah, like just fire away a list of several movies. Or a couple and explain why. Yeah. Either way. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Get Around Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast here, the regular show, will not be back until January 3rd, uh, but we will be doing a couple of uh, After Dark episodes, and there will also be the All-Region episodes that are still to come. That includes this Thursday when we will release the All-Region volleyball team, and then the Thursday after that will be the All-Region football team, and that's going to wrap up the All-Region teams for the fall sports season. So make sure you come back and check those out i've been your host brendan queely and joining me this week as always was brett summers thanks again for listening and enjoy the rest of your week and have a good rest of the 2017 year jingle bell jingle bell jingle bell rock jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring snowing and blowing a bushels of fun Jingle Bell Square In the frosty air